Hello, my name's Suzanne Shaw. I'm a mum, singer, actress and TV personality. In 2020, my life changed beyond recognition. I used to love nothing more than going out with friends for drinks and to showbiz events and after parties, drinking and partying all night long into the early hours of the morning. But then, the following day, the hangover was too much to bear. I was riddled with anxiety and worry and completely demotivated. After years of burning the candle at both ends, my mental health was suffering. I knew I had to make some serious changes, as this life I was leading was no longer sustainable. So, I put my big girl pants on and put the work into prioritising my well-being. I quit drinking, adopted a plant-based diet and took up running. Fast forward and I am loving life. The difference is unbelievable. No more beer fear, stodgy foods, self-loathing, procrastinating. I am finally living a happier, healthier life. The life I would only dream of on a Sunday morning on a terrible hangover. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to wellness experts and well-known self-improved advocates and celebrities about all things well-being, along with finding out their tips, tricks and secrets to living a happier, healthier life. This week's guest is the talented entrepreneur Scott Thomas. Now you may know Scott from Love Island, you may follow him on Instagram, or you may know him from being one of the Thomas brothers with their documentary, Manx in Mumbai. Now in true entrepreneurial style, Scott is the founder of a few businesses. He has his PR company, The Social PR, and his health and fitness brand, Food for Thought. He also has a brand new podcast out called Learning As You Go. He's a very busy man, so it's a pleasure to have him as my guest this week. Welcome, Scott. Thank you for coming on my podcast, Dare to Be Happy. Um, It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I feel privileged. Um, do you know what? I really want to do more podcasts this year and you were the first person to ask me. So I feel very privileged. So thank you. Well, I feel honoured that you said yes. So thanks for being on here because we've got so much to talk about. I've been watching your journey for some time now. I feel slightly a little bit like a stalker on your Instagram page. Won't deny it. Uh, I'm not, you know, this is all for research. Um, but um, I, I've just loved watching because we know each other from the past. I know your brothers. I've worked with Adam, but I don't know all that much about you just from Instagram. So I really want to get to know who Scott is, you know, what life was like growing up, because we know you from Love Island. We know you're an entrepreneur. We know you from an inspiring wellness journey that you share with others to help inspire other people. Um, and we know that you're one of three of famous Thomas Brothers. What was it like as a kid growing up? The least famous, Suzanne, the least no, famous. I live with it all no. my life. <laughs> no, I would definitely not say that at all. Absolutely not. I disagree. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because literally people always talk about me from Love Island, right? But I didn't do Love Island until I was 27 years of age. And you've got to remember, both my brothers were in soaps from early ages. Like Ryan was 16 when he um, landed his role in Combination Street. And Adam was 16 when he did Waterloo Road the first time. And now he's back doing it again, which is incredible. But so you've got to remember for years, I was always the unfamous brother in a way, which I don't know if it's had an effect on me in an indirect way. I never felt like that because my brother's always sort of kept me under their wing and really looked after me. 
But I reckon there was a part of me that was trying to shine in my own way. And that led me to becoming um, a party boy, which is right. something that not everyone knows about. And when I when I talk about being a party boy, I used to host um, nightclub events for a living um, all across Manchester, London, um, Marbella. Um, we did um, Ibiza as well. And I reckon... I kind of lost myself throughout that journey because I became someone I probably don't think I really wanted to be. And it's interesting you just said then not many people know who I am. And if I'm if I'm honest, it's something that I'm really working on myself right now, like trying to figure mm. out who I am and, and what I'm about. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. But I think the year when I decided to go teetotal, that was the biggest sort of turning point in my life. That was in 2020. Yeah. And literally, you'll know this yourself because obviously I've been watching your story as well. Like it just opens up your whole life and your mind, yeah. right? Yeah, it certainly does. And I can't wait to really delve into that with you. Yeah, it really does. And it's it's literally like I kept getting in my own way. So throughout my 20s, I felt really frustrated. I didn't really feel content. I lived this sort of rock star life in a way. I had my brothers. I was sort of gotten a profile through them. I was having been around all these celebrities and I built up an amazing network and everyone was coming to my parties. I had Justin Bieber turn up one night, LeBron James, and it, it was crazy, right? And on the outside, it looked like I was living this glamorous life. But on the inside, I was waking up after every night out feeling like I let myself down because... I couldn't really control my drink and I still can't really control it now, if I'm honest. Like I still become a different person. Right. And I became the Scotty Special. That was my alter ego. Um, my Twitter account is actually still called Scotty Special. I've not been managed to change it yet. <laughs> but my alter ego was a Scotty Special. And and I and I felt like because I was hosting nightclub events, you'll know this, Suzanne. There's nothing worse than sometimes than being around drunk people when you're sober, right? Yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> when you're like that, the point of call in the night. So I reckon in order to become this ultimate host, I ended up drinking to excess. I ended up putting on this sort of mask in a way. I don't know. I think I felt like I was numbing who I was to be able to deal with where I was. And that's a little bit about me that whereas I felt like in my 20s, I became someone I really wasn't. And now over the last few years, I'm really trying to get back to that. And it was triggered by me going teetotal. But I'm really very much now on a journey of self-development. I'm addicted to it. Like literally like... I feel like um, every time you get to one level, you get to the next level. And I'm just constantly working on myself now and trying to become the best version of myself. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, I think maybe though, if you look at the fact that, you know, you had your brothers who were on TV, this is your journey. This has been your life. You were the, the mm -hmm. party boy, the host. It's almost like all of that was a path for you to go onto because you are really inspiring and helping so many people with Food for Thought, your um, your company, sharing your message, going on this, this wonderful journey of self-discovery. You know, I think it's really launched you and really, you know, it's particularly looking back at your Love Island days, you've rebranded yourself. You're like this, this person who, you know, a lot of people turn to for advice, for help, because you're speaking the language that they're wanting to hear, to resonate mm. with, to make those improvements themselves. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know what? I laughed the other day because I was on this walk and I said, isn't it funny how I've gone from promoting parties to promoting walks in the countryside? Um, <laughs> but I just feel like I've got a natural talent for bringing people together and, and sort of making people feel welcome and warm. And that's, I think one of my callings in life is being able to help inspire people in different ways. And I think 
when I was younger, it was inspiring people to go out, live life and have a great time. Whereas now it's more about, I'm inspiring people to become the best version of themselves and, and work on themselves and, and free food for thoughts. And it, it feels amazing. Um, and listen, I don't have any regrets about my old lifestyle because it led me to where I am now. Yeah. Like for example, all the people that I met um, at those events and those nights, I'm still sort of doing business with now. I'm yeah. still networking with, I'm, I'm still in touch with them. And it's kind of, led me to where I am, but I always felt, and this is so interesting because um, I actually listened to this at Stephen Bartlett's, um, I went to his Diary of a CEO live and he talked about yeah. this voice inside you, right? And and I had that voice inside me all my life where it was like, you're destined for more than this. There's something within you that you're not really fulfilling. And I felt it all the time. And even before I stopped drinking for that 12 months, I was like, I need to talk about this. I need to talk about how I'm feeling because there's not many young guys who are known as party boys and and there's not many people who live my lifestyle talking openly and honestly about their struggle with drink. And I think I really wanted to share my story because I knew it was going to help inspire a lot of people because a lot of the time when people talk about quitting drink or whatever else, it often um, tends to be around addiction or being into rehab. Whereas mine wasn't really about that. Mine was about... I wanted the best for myself and I wanted a better lifestyle. I didn't get to the point where I had an addiction. I just didn't like myself when I drank. I didn't like mm-hmm. who I became. Yeah. And I think there was a little bit of a difference there. I, I 100% agree with you on that. And I think it's really important that message you're saying because that will have helped people address their um, relationship with alcohol. I think when you put addiction to it, it makes you fear chatting about maybe those struggles you're having with um, with alcohol because you don't want to be labelled an alcoholic or be seen that you have alcoholism. Um, so I think your message, I, I feel very, very strongly about this when I'm talking about my message and never want to be labelled an alcoholic, not because I didn't think I was virgin on that, I possibly was, but because it's not going to help the bigger picture of middle lane drinkers understand that relationship to alcohol and do something about it, whether that be take a break. You, I mean, you've inspired your own brother. He took a break, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Do you know what? The most inspiring thing about what I managed to achieve was my mum. Like, so my mum, on the day I decided I was going to quit drinking, bear in mind, my mum was definitely, I hope she she won't mind me saying it, but she was definitely an alcoholic. And But she was a functioning alcoholic. Like, she literally just drank, um, two bottles of wine a night and she, I mean she did this for years like and to the point where I love my mum but we kind of didn't have the same level of respect for her that I really wanted because of the alcohol because she became a little bit of a different person and anyway she said Scott if you can if you're doing this then I'm going to do it and oh, honestly no. Suzanne like she literally for the moment she did it she just absolutely smashed it. And now she's, I think, nearly two years sober. She's gone longer than me, that she went above and beyond me. And she's absolutely glowing and shining. And she looks younger and mm. she's so much better to be around. She's a better mother. She's a better gra- um, grandmother. She's just incredible. And yeah, yeah so it kind of, it, it becomes infectious because when I first stopped drinking, everyone was like, what? Like, like my mates were like, what, you're not coming out and are you going home? And and you know what? It, it was a little bit tough because you're breaking away from the crowd. But you know what happens though, Suzanne? As soon as you do it and you start living this life, your mates start seeing it, it becomes contagious. It becomes infectious. Yeah. Everyone kind of wants a little bit of peace of that because at first it is quite lonely because you've got to take that first step. But honestly, once you do do that and you lean into it, a whole new world opens up for you. I call it like um, taking the limitless pill. 
Do you know the film Limitless? Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched that the other day, actually. Because <laughs> you just end up being so much more productive. You function on a whole new level. And that's what happened to me. Like, literally, in the year that I went sober, I achieved the best shape of my life, which physically, but also mentally. I ended up taking over the full business at the social PR. I lost my business partner because she wanted to go and do something different. I was very scared. But at the same time, is it because I was so strong, like mentally, I was ready to do it. And the mm-hmm. business went on and is now thriving. And and then also, literally through my own personal journey, we launched Food for Thoughts, which 18 months later has got 20 staff and, and um, nearly a thousand members. And that is purely just for me focusing on my journey. And yeah. and that little voice that was inside my inside my head and inside my heart, that's what it was leading me to. That's this everything I'm doing now is where I was meant to be. And I'm so glad that I made that decision. Um and don't get me wrong, like I did the 12 months sober and I never said that I was never going to drink again because like you said, I feel like that puts too much pressure on the situation. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out my relationship with alcohol. Don't get me wrong. Alcohol is never going to be my lifestyle again. Like yeah. it got to the point where, you know what it's like in this country, Suzanne, you get a new job, you go out, you get, it's your birthday, you go out, get pissed. You, any, any excuse, like every yeah. week, I was just saying, if we went to a different city, I was in, I was in Leeds for a meeting the other week. I was like, isn't it funny if I, this was like a few years ago, me and Adam would be like, right, where are we going tonight? Just because we're in a different city. Like it was literally that mentality where it's never been my lifestyle now. Like for example, I've just been on a two week holiday in Mexico, Tulum, the, the party, um, vibe over there was amazing. I just went out twice. I only went out two nights, which for me was massive progress wow. and, and I enjoyed it. But don't get me wrong, like there is something about it that because I've seen what life can be like when you are on your game and like those little days when you're hungover in the sun, I don't like it. I don't like, yeah, even though, yeah. okay, I can be kind to myself. I still don't like that feeling of like doubting myself going, why am I like this today? I should be on top of my game, but I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think that's the main thing. And that's why, um, everything I do is I've tried to be really transparent and not say or preachy and say, oh, I, I'm I'm perfect or I'm fully sober. I like to share everything that I'm going through. But I think that's why um, it's so enjoyable to follow you um, on social media because you're so transparent. You're not saying you know it all. In fact, you put one post up. I, I really sound like a stalker. I apologize for this. You put a post up <laughs> <laughs> and it was about reading books. It was about um, loving the fact that you want to learn and grow. Is that a part of, again, that that limitless belief that you want to push yourself you thrive off pushing yourself yeah I do I really do um I think for me people ask me what happiness looks like to me and I think it's progression I think progression happiness comes from progression and feeling like you're always moving forwards and developing in different areas when you're standing still it kind of you become a little bit frustrated don't get me wrong you do need to find that balance I think also balance is a massive sort of value for me that I'm constantly working on because when it came to drinking when it came to I was all or nothing when it comes to work I'm all or nothing so what I'm trying to do now is really try and find that middle ground because what happens with me is um, and I refuse to do it after this holiday mm-hmm. is I have an amazing three months, but I end up burning out again because I'm just like hundred miles an hour. Um, we talked before about, I'm actually contemplating, do I have ADHD because I'm literally just all over the place all the time. So yeah, for me, it's, I just become addicted to just working on myself and, and, and I believe in myself now as well. And I think that's what happens when you're looking after yourself, when you're taking care of yourself, eating the right foods, training, reading, you do start to believe that anything is possible. Yeah. And I think I just always want to add different tools to my toolbox. 
what does balance look like to you? Because I struggle with that and I don't even know what that looks like balance or whether I've got it in my DNA to be able to achieve it. Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, my therapist always asks me, what does success mean to me? And that's something I've been thinking about recently a lot. And I always say balance. And I also say, and I used to say, I used to think it was sort of materialistic. Like I want 10 million quid in my bank. I want this, I want that. And I'm I'm starting to realize like the other day I wrote down all the things that make me happier day to day. And it, it was simple things like walking my dog uh, mm. and, and watching my dog run through water and like little like it just makes me smile so much. And then like playing football with the boys, like all these things that I was writing down and they don't even cost money. So why do I need these big materialistic goals? Don't get me wrong. I want success. And I feel like there's an element of, I feel like I've got the potential to achieve great success like that, but not at the cost of my mental health. And I think that's where I'm kind of at now. Like I'm really thinking, you know what? I need to lean into the areas of my life that make me happy. And, and sometimes people have said that, haven't they, over the years, like Gary Vee and all these inspirational people going, do what makes you happy. And, and I was like, really? Can you do what makes you happy and still make a living and everything else? But the more I think about it, yes, you can. And, and what, but you need to take the time to actually look inwards and think about what actually makes you happy. And for me, what makes me happy is motivating people, inspiring people, um, working on my personal brand. And I've got my two businesses and I love my businesses, but I don't love all areas of my business. No. And when you find yourself in areas that you don't love and you don't like, like I don't love sitting and talking about finances and managing people all the time. And But there's some people who do. There's some yeah. people who love doing that. And if it means me letting go of certain areas and certain responsibilities to bring in the best people to do that so I can focus on what I love doing. And even if that comes at um, a financial sacrifice, then so be it because I want to be happy. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at now. Rather than going, oh, I've got to do everything because I want to I want to achieve um, this amount of money and I want to have this milestone. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm willing to let go of certain things so I can be happy day to day because we always put happiness, well, I tend to always put happiness on the other side of a, a big goal. When I get to this point, I'm going to be happy. When I'm, I did it recently. I did. Um, I got. I got into the best shape. I did a body transformation, and and I got into great shape. And but it was like a big build up in my mind. And I think it's something about the 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 gold medal sort of example, where a gold medalist wins a gold medal, and then you can end up feeling a little bit deflated if you put all the pressure on that one medal or that one milestone. Whereas for me now, my key priority is being happy day to day and not being sort of reliant on the big goals or the milestones it's more like what am I going to do day to day to be happy and that's what I'm really focusing on yeah just looking at those simple things in life which actually you know all the material stuff you can't take with you when you die but I bet the last thing that you'd say on your deathbed would be why didn't I spend more time with that person or why didn't I just go and run around um with my dog and with bare feet and just just be be me at one. 100%. Yeah, I've been thinking this lately. Like, would I be able to give up material things? I've often gone, shall I do a test? See if I could just give up everything, um, literally for a few weeks. What do I actually need in my life? What is it that I actually need? Because items, they come and go. And and I, and I find that that whole thought process, what you've just talked about, really fascinating. What is it we actually need? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually reading a book at the moment, um, Jay Shetty's book, um, yeah. Think Like a Monk. And he actually became a monk for, for a long period of time and he gave up everything. I was like, and I was asking myself the same question, but there is a part of me as well that's, it, that is kind of ego driven. And it's funny because 
Someone actually sent me a DM the other day, and, I, and do you know what? I took it on the chin, and they went, Scott, you post about spirit, spirituality and lifestyle, yet you still post your car and your nice trainers, and you did it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Um, I, I can appreciate where you're coming from. And there is an element of my ego drives me in certain areas of my life, and and that's the bit that I'm trying to just, I think for now, I'm just trying to be aware of it. Mm. And I think that's the first step. But yeah, in terms of the materialistic goals, like like you said, like it's the simple things that make me happy, like playing with my, with my nephew and nieces, like making TikToks and like all the, the things that I love in life, they don't actually cost that much money. But the same time is we do want a great life and we, and we do work hard to get these things. So it's just that balance right now. But yeah, it is interesting, a really interesting sort of um, concept. How, how far would we get without our material goals, basically? I mean, it's a it's a daring uh, thing to do, isn't it? To uh, just let go of everything because we're just we are conditioned to believe that success looks a certain way, um, and I think as well, not not many people would follow your message without looking like you had a bit of a success to that. Do you think? Do you think that's right? Because I I certainly think it's a good point. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what? <laughs> when in twenty twenty when. I knew I wanted to talk about sobriety and, and my journey, but my transformation at that time, the physical transformation, I knew that would be the catalyst for people stopping and listening. Yeah. It sounds daft, like, yeah, because right. being in physically great shape, it's almost like your body is, is your, your, your business card in, in some spaces. Like they say that about PTs, don't they? Like mm. your body can be like your calling card or your business card, or whatever it is. And as bad as it sounds, yeah, I felt like I needed to achieve that in order to, for people to stop and listen, which is kind of backwards in a way. But at the same time is, you do, for me, the most successful people I want to hear from are not the ones who've got the most money in the bank, but the ones who've got all different aspects of their life in order. Because yeah. um, my, I've got a business coach and he tells me all the time, he says, Scott, he told me yesterday, actually, he said, Scott, there's this guy who's got four businesses that he sees and his his businesses are absolutely flying and they're amazing. But he said every every other aspect of his life is in bits, and and I wouldn't swap that for the world. And that's the bit that I think a lot of people sort of miss out. Sometimes there's no point in having all your businesses and everything in order and loads of money in the bank if you haven't got your family life sorted or you haven't got mm. a good sort of friendship group or or even a healthy lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? So it's more about again, it comes back to balance for me. Yeah. It is. It's it, and it's hard to achieve that that balance um, and find a way to to make sure you're not bo- burning the candle at both ends. Um, no, it's. It, I mean, it's fascinating talking to you because you did do the body transformation. Um, it's been the catalyst to your business, Food for Thought. Um, talk a little bit more about about what that business is about. It was kind of life changing, really. Um, during 2020, when I was doing my um, sort of sobriety journey. I always felt like the one thing that was holding me back was alcohol, right? In, in order to get into the best shape of my life because I always trained all the time, but then I'd undo all my hard work by going on a big bender and then eating crap for a few days. And then it was like a, an endless cycle. Yeah. So I was about five months in sober. I was training every day and I was like, wait a second, why am I still not getting in great shape? Like, why? I don't get it. I'm training every day and I've got a PT. And, and then I knew it was coming down to my food, right? Because I kept hearing all the time that well-known saying it's 80% diet, 20% exercise. So I was thinking, right, so I'm only really on top of the 20%. Yeah. This 80% needs to be dealt with. But I didn't know where to turn or who to call. And basically one of my um, friends literally popped up on my Instagram and he saw me posting 
because I post everything, my brown rice, dried chicken, broccoli. And he said, why are you eating that? And I said, because I want to get shredded. And bear in mind this very, this same friend, I saw him at a wedding uh, a few months earlier and he would, he had always struggled with his weight, but he was shredded. He was ripped. He looked insane. So I stopped and listened and he said, you can eat what you want as long as the calories are right for you. And I always knew sort of roughly about calories, but nothing in depth, right? So he came around to my house and he basically taught me all about calorie deficit. And he said, if you're in a calorie deficit, it doesn't matter how you make that up. Obviously, within reason, you need to keep your protein high and, and be balanced. But you can have chips on your plan if you wanted. You could have pizza on your plan. It's just about having the right calories. And it blew my mind. But at the same time is, um, I needed to sort of, do you know what I mean? do the concept myself to really figure it out. So I said, right. He said at first, use my fitness pal. So basically scan every time you eat something, put your calories in. I went, mate, I don't have the time for that. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you where I shop, the foods I love, and you just put it into a plan for me. So when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. So he built this plan for me and I couldn't believe it. I had bacon and egg bagels in the morning. I had um, battered fish cod with sweet potato fries, steak and chips. I had a chocolate bar on there. And... I couldn't believe it. I was eating more foods than I've ever eaten before, but getting more shredded because the calories were right for me. And it was literally, I couldn't get my head around it to the point where I was actually trying to take the chocolate out and stuff because I, you know, because there's so much sort of, um, there's so many myths and like misconceptions around food and, and all mm. these fad diets out there that it's all, it's still ingrained in my head now. Do you know what I mean? It's still hard to let go of it because it's years yeah. of like, listening to the bullshit, if I'm honest. Yeah, so yeah. basically, he wanted me to understand so much that basically he started checking in on me every day on WhatsApp going, Scott, have you had your water today? Have you, just, have you had your three liters? Have you had your protein bar? And he really wanted me to understand. And he was like, he became like my Nutri coach, right? And he was basically keeping me motivated on my food, right? So I never had this before because basically you'd go to a PT session, right? Yeah. You do the hour with the PT and then you left your own devices, right? Whereas now this guy was on me Every week, he was like, have you had this? Have you done this? And not only that, there was times when I'd fall off my plan and I'd basically have, I don't know, a full bag of popcorn rather than just having the amount that I was meant to have. And sometimes you go, you know what? That's it. I messed it up. I'm going to spiral out of control. But instead, I'd just message him and go, oh, what should I do? And he goes, don't worry about it. We'll just change something tomorrow. And I was like, what? He went, Scott, don't think of losing weight as a daily thing. It's, it's a mm. weekly, it's a monthly thing. And it's like, what? And it blew my mind because usually you self-sabotage and you, you spiral out of control. Yeah. But having that guardian angel there on my shoulder, someone who really knew his stuff, and, th and therefore he could just tweak my plan the next day, it was a game changer. And he was really, really changing my whole relationship to food to the point where all the foods that I used to be scared of, bread, chocolate, yeah. uh, carbs, he was like, you can have whatever you want, mate, but just make sure that it's on your plan and we do it in the right calories. And literally, we basically, we went on this journey together where he was celebrating my, my wins with me. Every time I got my first ab, he was like, yes, we were celebrating. Any times where I felt demotivated, he was there. And I just felt like it was really special, this relationship that we had. And uh, I got in the best shape of my life and people started asking me how I did it. So I just decided to send him a few people and literally, he was smashing it for them as well. I think he had 20 to 30 people. Mm. And what was really interesting was they had the plan and then they said, Eden, we want to renew with you. And it was like, what do you mean you want to re renew? They didn't want to lose him. And it was the accountability, the support that people loved and wanted. And, and I want it. 
Like even now I still have a coach because yeah. I like to be pushed. I like that accountability in anything I do. I've got a business coach. I've got a boxing coach. I've got a PT. I've got a Nutri coach. I really love that accountability because when you're on a journey, sometimes it can be a lonely place, but to have someone with you along the way, it's just a game yeah. changer. So long story short, we um, we decided to launch Food Thoughts in August 2020. We had a target of 250 members in six uh, months. We did it in six weeks. I went, wow, what's going on? This is something special. And then literally we grew and grew and, and um, it's just become um, a movement now, a movement of self-development, progression. Everyone is, it's more than just food. Yeah. Like we're just, giving people the confidence, the self-esteem that they need now in all areas of their life. And one thing that came up as well was the community. Out of nowhere, this community gathered where everyone felt part of something. And we started with online sort of big nights in during lockdown, which was incredible. Yeah. But then we came out of lockdown, we started doing walks and we started doing boot camps and we started doing positivity sessions, um, rounders, like all the, f- basically for me, it. Food Thoughts represents giving people healthier, happier, options in life because like you said in this country we just feel like the only thing to do is go out get drunk go for some food get drunk whereas what food force represents for me is giving people different options and and healthier happier options so they can sort of feel better about themselves and it also keeps me accountable it keeps me in this lifestyle as well and honestly it's just so special right now we've got an unbelievable community um the the meal plan is just changing people's lives in terms of like the whole relate that people's minds are being blown because all these diets like keto juice diets they're all the same thing calorie deficit but they're just yeah. in restrictive ways that aren't sustainable yeah. you can go on a juice diet and lose loads of weight but you'll just bounce back because you don't have any knowledge and you've just restricted your body whereas i got in great shape this year having all the foods i loved and i've been on holiday and i've come back and i'm still shredded because nothing really massively changed over there because i was just always eating with like sort of a balanced lifestyle and and the coaches are just integral to everything we do. And it's just something very unique. And I'm very proud of what we're doing. And, and um, I'm looking forward to, to what the next year has got in store for us. it's really uh, important to say you know hats off to you for thinking out the box hats off to you for creating the community because I really truly think you know being the founder of it being at the forefront of it you have spoken to people who wanted to hear the truth and not to be sold bullshit which we see time and time and time again and that's why it's been so successful for you and you are such an entrepreneur but not in a (laughs) not in a knobhead way. (laughs) And that's what (laughs) I love about um, what you do. I do think, you know, you've managed to turn your hand to so many fantastic businesses. You've got your PR business as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got the social PR. That's been running for about eight years now and it's going really well. We're working with some mega clients from like Spotify to Adsta um, to look fantastic. Like it's just been... Um, an insane sort of journey really but it's been tough really tough um especially during lockdown we got hit really hard mm. we had a lot of clients in the hospitality industry and obviously as soon as lockdown came they sort of all paused their retainers with us and everything else so we had to adapt we had to evolve we had to be agile and we had to add different sort of areas to the business as well so we, we look after talent now we do talent management social media sort of um, content creation 
um, event coordination, which is one of our biggest specialities. We do some incredible events. We just did a huge one for Mac, Mac Cosmetics. Mm. But we've got a really good team. And I think for businesses, one thing I've learned, it's all about your team, right? You have to have good people around you. You have to invest into your team. And that's something that I've learned as well. And just like I said before, be willing to let go of certain areas. But listen, I think for me, in both those businesses, my biggest strength is is people and being able to bring the right clients into social PR, being to um, connect us with the right talent and build that culture and really sort of instill that culture within the social PR. And the same with Food for Thoughts, um, bring in the members, inspire the members, help the members. Like I love being on the walks. I love being at the front, being a bit of a leader. And But that's why it's so important for me to practice what I preach and, and live the lifestyle that I live. And if I didn't have Food for Thoughts, I'll be honest with you, like I'd probably be a little bit lost because it always keeps me in check it always keeps me accountable to myself like perfect example i went to um the stormsy concert recently and i was with all my old friends and they were all going out into town um that night and i could have easily just do you know what i mean said right i'm going out with you guys but i had a walk in the morning um, with food thoughts like an early rise and and i had to get home early and it was a little bit of a temptation to leave everyone yeah, yeah. Uh, you got all these gorgeous girls around and everything else i was like oh should i stay out and then but i was like, no i got the walk and then i went home and i did the walk and i was like this is what life's about yeah. this is what the sun was shining i was out with all these beautiful people i was like this is what life's all about and it's it, it keeps me in check and it's and you know what the community we do that for each like every they do that for me the community are constantly popping up on my stories and like sharing their stories and Literally, as soon as you're a new member with Food Thoughts, straight away, the community will be onto you, like giving you the biggest warm welcome and making you feel part of this family. And people are creating lifelong friends. And I think that's what um, this whole journey has led me um, to understand that it might be scary making that first decision and leaving behind. People think sometimes that they've got to leave behind their own their old life. Mm. They haven't got to leave behind their old life. They've got to leave behind the bits that they didn't like about their old life. And... Once you lean into the stuff that brings you fulfillment and makes you satisfied, your whole life opens up. So, yeah, I'm just really grateful, if I'm honest. I could not agree more. Um, it's exactly the same for, for me with the, the Happy Health Club. I just, I am led by people keeping me accountable. And if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would still be sober. And the reason why I announced my journey online and talked about it so openly probably very similar to you is to hold me accountable so I wouldn't drop the ball and I would continue to do it and to be inspired by other people the the community the wellness community is thriving in all sorts of areas and I love seeing people hold a space for people to feel like they are looked after and someone's got their back because you don't always find it at home do you I certainly am the very first person in my family to go sober, to go plant-based, um, to make these different changes in my life of self-development. So I don't have it in my close network of friends and family, but that doesn't mean that I don't do it. And that doesn't mean I have to drop them and mm. don't speak to them again. You find it from community. You find it. And there's so many out there. There is. There really is. How long have you been sober for now, Suzanne? Um, I'm two years, uh, probably similar to your mum, wow. to be honest. I stopped at the start of 2020. Amazing. And, and it's two years, yeah. Oh, so it's the same time then? The same yeah. time, that's when I, that's mad. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah, so I think that's always been, like you said, when you put it out to the universe, it, it sort of drove me and it also kept me accountable. But then that's why it's so important for me to keep that authenticity. And like, if anyone asks me now about drinking, I say, listen, 
I'm still figuring it out. I don't have yeah. all the answers. Like, um, I do, but if I'm honest, every time I do drink, I hate myself. Um, I mean, what was really interesting is because what I thought was really interesting on holiday, so I only drank twice. The first time I drank, I was like, I was a bit of an idiot. I didn't like the, I didn't like the way I was in certain situations because I always beat myself up. But I thought, mm-hmm. right, okay. And then the second time I went out, literally I had the best night. I was on a nice level all night and I felt, I literally laughed all night. I was great company and everything else. But the next day I woke up and I still felt frustrated and unhappy. And I was like, wow, what's going on here? Because mm. it's nothing to do with how I was or anything else. There's just something else where my body just doesn't like it. My body doesn't seem to like it. So that's interesting. But like I said, I don't have all the answers now. It will just never be my lifestyle again. And I'd love, you know what, Suzanne? I'd love to get to the point where I don't need drink for like for anything like in terms yeah. of, I think it's a superpower. I really do. I think it's if if it's someone great. can go out to any situation, like if I can I can go out now with my friends, right, sober, but I'll only last two hours. Like literally, I'll I'll go out with them to somewhere like a restaurant. I can only do two hours. Guys, you've got me for two hours. I, like as soon as you start getting wavy, <laughs> I'm out of here. I can't listen to you say the same thing over and over again, right? And I can't dance yet on the dance floor without a, a proper drink in me. <laughs> Well, as soon as I can get to the point, Suzanne, where I'm on the dance floor giving it Chris Brown and a little bit of Michael Jackson, then I think that's a superpower, right? But at the same time is, I'm great not drinking in certain situations where I can go out on my walks and and I, I'm, that's why Food Thoughts helps me to try different things as well, cold water therapy, all these different yeah. natural highs and stuff like that. Um, but as soon as I can get to that point, I'll be really happy because I, I'd love I'd love to be, be able to say that I don't touch alcohol full stop, but there's there's still something there where I feel like I need it. And I think it's a little bit of a social lubricant for me, Um, a little bit of a confidence booster when I'm out. But Mm. at the same time as I know I'm going to get there, I really do. But it it doesn't matter though, does it? It doesn't matter. You're on this journey. You're on this self-awareness. You are doing wonderful things with your businesses and that will land when it will land. And if it does at all, you know, you've, you've, you know what it feels like to have that break, and and now you you're dipping in and out of it for when you when you want to. So it, it, on the grand scheme of things, again, it's not going to be that one thing you lie in your deathbed going, I shouldn't have had that night out and had a drink. You won't be saying that. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Whereas the big catalyst for me was when I did decide to stop drinking is when it affected my work because I had um I had a big client and I went to a work event in London. And I went to this um, luncheon and I ended up getting drunk there and escorted out and ended up nearly losing one of my biggest clients. And I nearly lost my business over it because it was literally so embarrassing what I did and my team lost respect for me and everything else. And I went, so this, this was the first time that alcohol actually impacted my business life. It always affected my social life and some relationships yeah. and stuff like that. But I always mm. kind of brushed that off and dealt with it or... But when it affected my business, I was like, wow, I'm getting in my own way. I've worked all, I've worked so hard, give this business my blood, sweat and tears and I'm going to mess it up over one drunken mistake. I was like, no way. So that's when I went to Abu Dhabi, I flew out on my own one year around Christmas and I was so low, I was so low, like literally. And I walked into the ocean, I picked up this pebble and I just held this pebble as a little bit of a reminder. And I said, right, I'm going to do 12 months. And and that's was that that was the turning point in my life. And I've still got a pebble upstairs now. Um, so yeah, sometimes it takes your darkest moments in life to be the catalyst to the best moments in your life. And I always say that to people now, like whatever you're going through, if you're going through 
a really tough period, if you're going through a breakup as well. I mean, some of my breakups in the past and that, they've really driven me forward in a way because I always say use that pain to drive you forward. And I think if it wasn't, like, I don't have any regrets now about that that event or that moment in my life because if I didn't have that dark moment, if I didn't have that sort of wake-up call, then it wouldn't have led me to where I am now. And literally, look what I'm doing. I'm, I'm helping so many people. And I think it's a really important message to sort of put out there that don't let your, your dark moments sort of be the ends of you. Let them be the defining moment in your life. Oh, I honestly couldn't agree more. I think without the the, mm. the darkness, you can't find the light. We just can't. It's it's a fact. It's mm. how science works. And, you know, those dark moments will be teaching you a lesson or guiding you on a path where you need to go. You know, sometimes I sit in a little bit of shame thinking, oh, God, you know, my relationships have been so public. The breakups have been public. I feel a bit embarrassed about them. I'm embarrassed about my behavior back in that day. But I wouldn't be with the person I am with now, with the children that I've got, if I hadn't have made those steps and done those things. And when the pain has been mm. so bad and the mental health has been so bad, it has had to get bad for me to wake up and realize that I need to make different and change, make changes, make different steps, take a different direction. Um, and it brings us to those those points so if you are feeling like right now if you're listening to this thinking where the hell is my life going mm. know this is for a reason because it will take you somewhere mm. yeah it's so true and um i listened to that on um mo gordat's podcast as well where he said if 99 percent of people who have been through something terrible if you ask them now to wipe that feeling away or that memory away 99 percent of them i think said they wouldn't because they wouldn't be where they are today and they wouldn't have learned the lessons that they learned. So it's really interesting, man. So um, yeah, 100%. It's been amazing to chat to you. Oh, thank you. I do ask a, a question at the end. Um, the, the podcast is called Dare to be Happy. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean by um, Dare to be Happy? So the whole meaning behind it is like, I think the catalyst of changing my life, like, am I going to dare to come away from a drinking culture? Am I going to dare to be the one to stand away from the crowd and do things differently for the sake of my own happiness? Or I'm going to be staying in the same rut and the same routine because I'm too frightened to actually find my purpose in life. And that's what I mean by dare to be happy. Amazing. The reason why I asked is because it's so interesting. When people ask me, like, how did I do it? What have I done? I always say it comes down to one decision. And that's literally what it was. That moment when I was stood in front of the ocean with this pebble and I said it, but I actually meant it. Like I've said it before where I go, oh, I'm going to do a couple of months. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But you don't really mean it. But when you know in your mind, in the same way my mum did as well, when she made that decision, she didn't look back. It's a different kind of mindset. It's a different kind of decision. And it's just one decision. Because once you do that, everything else will fall into place because the universe will start to attract into your life what you need in order to sort of fulfill that decision. And um, I really like that, the fact that you just said that because I think it really resonates with everything I say in terms of just one decision, daring to take that decision, daring to, to come out of your comfort zone. So yeah, I love that. One thing that I always say um, and something that I'm really, really passionate about is that you've got this choice in your hand, you're holding it. 
you have a decision what you give that that power away to what choice it is there you have the power your happiness you're holding on to it and simply in the morning you make a decision well what am I going to give that power away to am I going to go and do something for myself like work out eat better or am I going to put that power to something else and stay in the same rut and never leave that bad cycle um I have that power it's my choice and what am I going to do with that power today and that's what keeps me on track I think just having that thought what am I going to give my power away to and that's the same with reactions like if somebody cuts me up on the road I still want to scream fucking bastard but what am I going to do? Am I going to throw that power away and ruin my own day? Or am I just going to give it a little bit of a beat, give it that that space to go, oh, I'm going to react differently to this because I'm not going to do what I normally do. Um, and that's what, that thought at the moment is really keeping me on track. It's so true as well. But also that that happiness that you have in your, in your hand as well, if you can give that out as well to the right people and, and people around you, like you get more of it back. So I, I went for a dog walk the other day and I decided I wasn't going to take my phone. I was going to be in the moment and I, it, the sun was shining. So it does help everything out because everyone's in a better mood. But I just decided to say something nice to every person who walked past. And I went, good morning. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? And everyone was smiling back and I ended up having random conversations with different dog owners and this and that. And I just felt amazing because I had my head up. I was engaging in conversation and I was giving out the right energy. And I feel like the more that you give out the energy, the more you get it back. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's like sometimes your happiness that you, you've got in your hand as well. Sometimes it's good to sort of give it out as well, but in in the right way. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it is. And and I had a, a chat um, with Dr. Gemma Newman, who's a plant the plant power doctor. Um, brilliant person to follow. Really highly recommend it. And she actually said something really quite fascinating because I said. Well, how do you have time for yourself? Well, what what is it you, you do so much? Where do you get your happiness from, your well being? And she said, from everything that I do, all the, the you know the well being is from helping other people, is being a doctor, is getting it from you know inspiring others. And if I'm running myself into the ground, I'm still filling up my bucket of well being by doing those things. And I thought that's so interesting because we can yeah. often go. Where's my time? What am I doing for me? But if we look at it like that, actually, you are filling up your wellness bucket by helping other people, saying hello, making them happy. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's what something that Jay Shetty talks about in terms of finding your dharma and your dharma is like sort of your purpose in life. And if your, your purpose doesn't involve helping other people, then it can't be your purpose. That, that's what he says anyway. And I think it's, that's why food thoughts for me is just my calling in life. It's got to be. I, I yeah. get to do what I love doing but at the same time as I'm helping change so many people's lives as well. And what you said right at the beginning was you had this purpose and you knew it was bigger than yourself. It was bigger than being on TV and doing any of these other things. You have something there and you have this purpose in life and it is bigger to serve, to help others. Look at the thousands of people you've you've served and helped. It's only going to multiply and multiply and multiply and that seemingly right now is your purpose and why you're here amazing we're in this together Suzanne I love it yeah I love it but let me just ask this final question yeah yeah um just to end the show off because I like to ask it what do you would you advise people to do the thing that you do whether it's a small or it's really really big that you go I dare you to do this to help your happiness oh do you know what it's so easy because this one has really changed my life recently and um it's journaling 
right? Because so many people over the years have told me to journal and I've always been like, what am I going to get out of that? Like, it seemed like a waste of time, like writing down like thoughts to myself. But honestly, I'm doing it every single day now. And what I've realized is that I wake up sometimes feeling really overwhelmed with all these thoughts running around in my head. So what I do is I write down the thoughts in my mind and I break them down. And when you actually put them on paper and you, and you actually break that sort of, that cycle or that loop inside your brain and you look at them, you go, there's nothing here that I can't actually deal with. And then not only that, you can start writing little solutions to them as well next to it. And it's been a game changer for me. And not only that, I also... Um, start writing down what I'm grateful for as well. Because you never really take a moment in the day to take a step back and go, you know what? That was a good day. But you're not, you don't really know what was good about it because you've not like took a moment to do it. Like little things like, honestly, every single day now, I write down what I'm grateful for. And I'm actually blown away by all the little wins that I've had throughout the day. And you think you've had a bad day some days, but when you break it down, you go, oh my God. Like, so honestly, journaling, has literally finally become a massive part of my my daily life. And I think it's so important sometimes just to write down how you're feeling, to get a new sense of perspective, a new sense of clarity. Um, and it's been sort of really crucial to how I'm feeling at the moment. That's amazing. Ga- it is, it's a game changer. Journaling, people, is a game changer. Oh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely lovely. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on my podcast, Dare to Be Happy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great conversation. Cheers, Scott. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. You'll have to come on mine. Mine's launching next week. Learning as I go. Definitely. stay, Stay tuned for that. Definitely. What a lovely episode that was. You know what I love about Scott is that he is never shy to admit his mistakes or to be honest about how he's feeling. And he is always interested in different ways and how he can grow and work on his well-being. What a pleasure it was to have him on the show. Thanks, Scott. Thank you so much for listening to Dare to Be Happy. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It would mean the world to me if you could share my show with your friends and family. And if you could rate and review and subscribe, it means others can find out all about the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram at Susie underscore Shaw, or you can email me at info at the Sending you tons of love and I'll see you soon.